Fantastic. Happy you're here. There he is, the great Jordan Belfort. Good to see you, man. How are you today? Doing great. Like, because we had to do the last second on my friend's yacht next door to my house because there's a power outage on the entire island in my house, so we had no internet. So we tried to use our phone. It wasn't strong enough, so here we are on a beautiful uh, 100-plus-foot yacht. So not a bad place to do a, a little fireside chat. Yeah, very nice. I appreciate you uh, tackling all the challenges today and jumping on. No problem. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's good to see you. You know, you were you were gracious enough to have me on your podcast sometime back. Uh, I appreciate that. And I, and I, I got to tell you something. I've been, I've been going back through the book. Look, I got to tell you something. If you're studying negotiation, if you're studying human communication at all, the number of books you got to pick up. And this is absolutely one of those books. There's a reason why this book continues to sell extremely well because it's just it's packed full of good information harvested from a talented guy who clearly understands human nature and it did his best to package it uh, and continues to help people get better at, at communication so you know i'm grateful of of representing one of the many people that's learned from you i appreciate it a lot appreciate that yeah man so let's let, let's 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 go back a little bit. You know, your your emotional intelligence um, at a very high level. What do you think? How do you think it got started? What first got you interested in communicating effectively? Can you reach back and and pick out any moments in time? You know, it's it's a very good question. It's been, I, I you know I've been asked that question many times. Never. Usually not as emotional intelligence. What makes you such a great salesman? Where did it really start? And, and you know, on some level, it really is about emotional intelligence. I think the ability to not just read people, you know, by their body language or their tonality or the words they say, but uh, to also be able to, to step in their shoes and understand like what they might be feeling, what they would want to hear. I don't mean that even in a manipulative way, but you know, in order to get your point across, what does someone need to hear to feel? certain that you know that you're making sense that you're on the level and that your point is valid i think you know um part of it it goes back to my early childhood you know my family i uh come from a a, a very intelligent family you know where, where often business was discussed at the uh at the uh, dinner table my parents were both cpas um and my mother had very very high emotional intelligence she still does she's she's over she's 91 and she's still Kicking ass, by the way, at 91 years old, still how, sharp as a tack, you know? How's your mom doing? Your mom's doing well, right? Your mom, mom's yeah, doing so good? We, we were going to have a, a do this fireside chat maybe a month or so ago, and my mom at the last second had to go to the hospitals. Yeah, I was pretty touch and go for a few days, but she's great. She just came to visit us in Florida. She's back to full. They got a hearing aid, so emotional intelligence is back up to you know, full throttle because she was having trouble hearing, right? But uh, anyway... So my, my mother had very high emotional intelligence. My dad was, I think, the opposite. Brilliant guy, but just, you know, not really, uh, um, you know, adept at, at reading other people. Or maybe he did, but didn't give a shit. <laughs> you know, it was just possible as well. But I think my mother was incredibly adept at it. And I think on some level, I, I picked it up from her. Tonality, because, uh, you know, I watched her always trying to calm down my father, uh, who was, you know, had a tendency to fly off the head. He was a great dad and everything, but more high strung. Um, and I think also naturally, I think some of us are, are, you know, innately more gifted in that department. It comes easier to us. And that's not to say that it can't be learned and can't be mastered and certainly improved significantly, right? Um, but I think I was naturally good at it. I naturally had good tonality. Uh, 
And, um, and then, so by the time I, you know, hit my, uh, my early teens and became really interested in making money, um, and I started to try to, you know, do little things, whether, you know, little hustles, like whether it was, um, you know, even younger, going to the supermarket and helping carry people's packages, or having a, a paper route, knocking on doors to expand that. And ultimately, really, at the age of 16, when I started selling ices on the beach, making a lot of money, um, I started to keep honing those skills, those natural inborn skills. So um, I think by the time I really got into sales at 21, you know, more door to door, you know, where you had to convince someone that wasn't really expecting to be sold and, and do it very quickly. Uh, I think that's when I really took everything I'd learned and naturally that had been sort of, you know, just by processing the world around me and started applying it in a very specific context to close a deal. Um, and I think on some level, you know, those, door-to-door sales like they really are like you know it's like navy seal boot camp for for learning how to close especially when there's no leads being generated for you so yeah i think that's really sort of the journey and ultimately you know i perfected it over the years and started teaching it to others yeah well you know there's a couple of things that you said that really sort of jump out at me and, and i'll start with one of the last things because you know i've uh I've had Mark Cuban on a couple of times, but I, I do remember him reading reading some comments he made before. Basically, a door-to-door sales is a key. I mean, that kind of experience where you're on your own, you got to tackle rejection and a vastly high amount of repetitions, and like there's no net, so you you know you're walking a tightrope, exactly. right? Yeah, kind of like when you're walking into a negotiation when someone's got a gun to someone's head. And you're trying to stop someone from killing, right? There's not much of a safety net in your, in your old job either. It's an FBI negotiator. You got to get it right really quickly, right? Yeah, you know, and, and I and I'm I'm glad you made that point because I mean I think I, I'm I'm speculating that that that's where you and I would differ uh, from the academics. You know, the academics love to talk about the Harvard dudes, and I you know I went there, so um, the bat net best alternative to negotiated agreement, which is safety net. But you know, like door to door sales or hostage negotiation. You get used to going without a net. It's no big deal. Right. Yeah. I think that I, I, I always would say that, you know, later on when I had other companies and, uh, and you know, doing a lot of consulting, I'd say if someone that really performed well in a door-to-door sales job, that's a, a really strong indicator of their ability to perform in any type of sales job. Um, you know, there are other jobs that I think that are much, you know, where sort of the, there is that sort of safety net, whether it's by this lead generation happening or you, you know, get a chance to prepare more and, or it's a, you know, multiple step sale, but really going to someone's house and, you know, sitting in the house, going door to door, knocking on that door cold. That's, I think is great training for, for any human being in terms of just your ability to communicate, to develop that instant connection with someone that happens in a matter of seconds or even microseconds where either they are interested in hearing the next word you have to say or not. Um, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and I, I would imagine there's a bunch of things there like resilience too. Yeah. You said resilience, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you're going to, yeah. you're going to have to be able to pick yourself back up fast and keep going. Yeah. I think that, um, I think like anything else, I think resilience is something that is learned through being resilient. In other words, it's, it's, it's practice makes perfect or at least gets close to perfect by, you know, I, I don't like people will say they look at me. In fact, I was tested by psychologists once in this context. And one of the things that they came out with that it's a super high level of resilience, my ability to accept rejection or come back from failure and not to give up. Right. But I will tell you that I was, I wouldn't say I was born that way. 
Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't think I was very resilient as a teenager. I kind of like wanted, wanted to hang out with my friends and like, you know, and do it and have fun. You know, that was my sort of resilience back then. It's really something that I developed in my late teens when I started working hard and linking resilience to making money, to an outcome. In other words, so, so for me, it was this sort of connection that was made in my own mind where I said, wait a second, if I just keep working my ass off and don't give up, wow, I actually do get the result that I'm looking for.